All right, praise the Lord, and you're listening to IHOP Podcast, episode number 15. On today's session, I would like to welcome Pastor Daniel Myers of Redeemer Apostolic Church of Mesa, Arizona, and also all of you that join us today. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you very much. And if you'd like more information uh, to learn more about this podcast, just follow us on Facebook, look us up on YouTube, SoundCloud, Instagram, just on those little search bars. Uh, just, search, just search for IHOP Podcast. And it should lead you to the links for the other sites that we have. I'm your host, Reverend Mario A. Najera, and I'm excited to get started. So let's do that. Pastor Myers, praise the Lord, and welcome to I Have Podcast. Amen. Praise the Lord, brothers. Good to, good to talk to you. Yes, thank you, brother. And uh, I, I definitely wanted to be able to get you on, uh, Pastor. Um, I've known you from a very, very long, uh, young age. I remember my first encounter with <laughs> my first encounter with you was at a uh, youth camp, and um, and you just seem, brother, and I say this with all love and respect in the world, but you seem like a handful then, and I know that God has done a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I was. Yeah, <laughs> but I <laughs> but I know God has done a lot in your life since, and and that's that's really really what. You know, I wanted to get you on for today, Pastor, to, you know, just so you can share with us, you know, how, how did all this get started for you? How does that, uh, that first step in your relationship with God, you know, uh, get started for you, Pastor? Well, I have to go way back. Um, in 1974, 73, I'm born in 70. I'm an older guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my sister had gotten sick and she had started losing weight. and. Um, mm. And she got really ill, and they went and did a diagnosis on her, did an MRI in her brain, and found out that she had a brain tumor. Oh wow! And uh, when they when they when they found out, you know, she was already in a stage where she was declining rapidly. Mm-hmm. They gave her gave her only you know not too long to live. Um, my dad at the time was a backslider. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's about uh, maybe 22 years old, 21, 22, maybe 23 years old. He was a backslider, grew up in the church. Um, we didn't grow up in the church, you know, uh, up until that time. Mm-hmm. Well, she passed, and uh, Daniel Solomon, Bishop Daniel Solomon, mm-hmm. came and officiated her funeral. Mm-hmm. And from that experience, my dad uh, recommitted his life to God. Oh. It took a death. It took a death of my sister to for God to bring her me my dad back to a place for repentance and uh, that was the beginning mm-hmm. uh, we started to go to uh Bishop Daniel Solomon's church in Glendale we were driving out the way to 51st Avenue that's when Pastor Roman was his assistant pastor wow. like, that's how far I go way back yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and um yeah we started there uh, I like I said I wasn't officially raised in church but mm-hmm. from the age of five years old that's when we started going, and then from there we went to Pastor Correa's church and Tempe Church, mm. and uh, it, uh, that was that was the beginnings of where I started for me. Yeah. Amen. And uh, that's it. I mean, there's a lot more. Yeah. And from there, you know, um, like I, I grew up in the church, and we were going to church, and um, grew up with a lot of different people. I mm-hmm. know a lot of different people from that from that time. Mm. Um, it was right around, I was probably around 11 or 12, maybe 13 years old. And we uh, we left Tempe Church and went to Brother um, 
Pete Lesprone's church in Mesa, mm. in Mesa, the Mesa church, we actually helped build that church from the ground up. Wow. Um, we literally were uh, um, renting a space in uh, Pastor Hudson's church, the church where I am now. <laughs> and oh, wow. we, were, we, were, we were renting uh, uh, that part of that place. It's amazing how God makes a big circle when mm. you, you, you think about it. Mm. But, um, you know, we, we were there and... Um, my dad, um, he backslid. He fell into sin, mm. committed adultery, and uh, he was a pastor already. He was assistant pastor there at the time. And um, when uh, he backslid, he just stopped going. Just, just completely left the Lord. Mm. Uh, my covering, my spiritual covering, was was broken. And uh, at that time, you know. I, uh, I was about 14, 13 years old. Wow. We just gotten back from camp and I got the Holy Ghost, got baptized. And at the age of 14, I was, by the time that he left, I was completely backslidden by that time. Wow. And uh, so that that was a very hard time. My mother, she did her best to try to keep the family together, but she was so broken at the time. Mm. Uh, I remember my mother at night before my dad left, that she would be in prayer from midnight to four or five o'clock in the morning, wow. just interceding and praying for the family and God's protection. But she was a strong woman, yeah. but she couldn't keep it together. Uh, it's almost like the, the enemy just smitten my family, mm. took, took his hand and just smashed my family, sent my brothers all different kinds of ways into mm. drugs and alcohol and all kinds of trouble and stuff. Wow. And so, we were all we were all baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, my brothers were great musicians and singers and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. so uh, it just it was a major blow. Um, but yeah, the, the that was a time where um, it was pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of I, by that time I walked away from the Lord. Uh, I just finally just you know told my mom I, I don't want to go. Nobody. Wow doesn't seem to care that we're missing. You know what I mean? Mm. I didn't have anyone come over and, hey, Brother Myers, you okay? And that's why it's a purpose in me that when I'm falling, I will literally go out of my way mm. to encourage them to come back. Yeah. Uh, because no one did that for me. I can yeah. honestly say that there was no one to call to see how I was doing. But, you mm. know, um, the Lord knows it was all for a reason. Yeah. Uh, it was a scary time. It was a very scary time. Yeah. Um, I remember there were times and and uh, when while my father was gone, I was being spiritually attacked and didn't know what it was. Mm. I, I didn't know. I didn't know uh, that there were demons that would visit me at night and torment wow. me, uh, pull my covers and growl in my face, and it was yeah. really tormenting. I didn't have anything in me enough of me mm. to protect myself from that. So, yeah. yeah, it was pretty interesting. Um, so, you know, I've, I eventually just gave up on God and walked away and became a very bitter and angry wow. person, um, very angry at my dad. So I didn't see my dad after that until I graduated from high school. Uh, the night that I graduated from high school, he showed up mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, he came out of nowhere. Basically, he told me he was proud of me and everything. And, yeah. and I really hadn't really spent much time with him. And um, I asked him, I said, well, can I come live with you? He's like, yeah, that's fine. That's great. You know, so I asked my mom, I spoke to my mom. I says, I just want to know my dad. I don't mm-hmm. really know him. You know, 
all I knew was his his preaching and the way he was a soul winner, man. Mm. And uh, he was a powerful man of God. So that's all I knew him by. But this yeah. new person, I didn't know. Wow. So I wanted to get to know him in that way. Yeah. So I did. I moved in with him. I moved in with him. And um, the day that I moved in, he moved out. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, he moved out. Um, he went to go stay with his girlfriend. And he said, son, I'll pay the rent. You just take care of everything else. If you need me, call me. Wow. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, this is who the man I'm supposed to live with and get to know. It lasted only a couple days at the most. And then I was like, okay, well, I got an apartment at least, you know, and he bought me a little beat up 1976 red comet with a crash on it. It had been crashed, but hey, it was something. It was something for my dad. It was pretty funny. Yeah. But, but yeah, the, yeah, that was a place where I was pretty backslidden at the time. Wow. Didn't have uh, really any connection to the Lord except for my mother. Mm. Uh, and then um, I remember one day I came home from work. It was about six o'clock in the evening. And my dad met me at the door. And I turned my key and he put his foot behind the door and he says, I got to talk to you. Wow. And I was, I was like, okay, well, we could talk inside. You know, he goes, no, listen to me. I got to talk to you. And I go, okay. I, I was about 18 at the time. And he goes, listen to me. And I go, okay, dad, say what you have to say. Talk to me. What is it? He goes, I'm giving you 10 minutes to pack your stuff and get out of my house. Wow. And, um, I go, what? I, I, he goes, yeah, I'm giving you 10 minutes to pack your stuff and get out of my house. I'll go, well, dad, where am I supposed to go? He says, you're a grown man. You figure it out. And, bro, you talk about devastation, mm -hmm. man. You know, all I wanted was, was a relationship with him. And now it was the rejection at the deepest and darkest level. David said, when my father and my mother forsook me, then the Lord would take me up. Well, it took a while for the Lord to pick me up, but I was on my way. Yeah. <laughs> I was on my way. But from that moment on, there was a spirit of hatred and, and anger and murder that came over me. At that time, I was already drinking alcohol and being violent. But at that moment, something shifted in my life. And uh, I really became something that I wasn't raised to be hmm. and uh, very violent angry um promiscuous and just you know different person man and uh it was pretty graphic it was a graphic graphic lifestyle hmm. and it stayed that way until i was 22 years old and when i when i turned 22 years old i was i was staying with my brother i had been homeless that whole time after my dad kicked me out. I lived in my car, I slept in the park, I slept in, in my, you know, wherever I could. If friends would take me in, I would stay there as long as I could. And, but I really didn't have a place of my own. Mm -hmm. I had no structure, no, uh, uh, no, no vision. I was just stuck in a rut, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, everything that I had was catapulted to the back, you know what I mean? Just destroyed. And so, you know, I, um, I just remember I was at my brother's house this one Sunday night. And uh, one of my other brothers, he had been so messed up. 
uh, he just got out of prison for you know being a um a drug dealer mm-hmm. who's Mesa's notorious drug dealer. See, see, the enemy will take you further than you want to go, wow. you know. And uh, he was, uh, he just literally got out of prison like the, the couple days before. He'd been five and a half years or seven years in prison. And um, he got out. It was craziest thing ever, man. You'd think he would be done with drugs after that. Mm. Well, he showed up with a block of marijuana. <laughs> So uh, I mean, it was like it was like something you see on on you know TV. Or yeah. I was like, "What in the world are you gonna do with that?" But I was at you know I was at a stage where you know I was like, "Hey, well, let's go have some fun." <laughs> like you got all the free stuff, right? <laughs> and so uh, I, you know, can you see where I've come from, yeah. right? So um, yeah, we did. And so while we were up there, we did our stuff, and I came down. And I was, I had the munchies. <laughs> God help us. I, and uh, I came down, and as I was standing there, I was getting ready to grab a bowl of cereal. Mm-hmm. And this voice came to my head, and it says, You have no control over this. This has to be done. I thought, What? Oh. And then this voice came out of my out of the pit of my belly and it said with the deepest darkest voice i have ever heard in my life but it came out of me you have no control over this it has to be done and for that one brief second brother mario my childhood flashed in front of me i seen people as a kid demon possessed in pastor correa's church and it was like a common theme I seen people being delivered, possessed, delivered, but they would come to my house and my dad would pray for them and and there would be deliverance and healing and all kinds of things. So all of that flashed in in my face like like it was a movie picture, bro. And I can't Mm -hmm. explain it other than that. And I realized that I was possessed. Wow. And I screamed, oh, God, help me. But I screamed it at the top of my lungs. It's the only thing that I was told as a child, two very powerful things that called on the name of Jesus and plead the blood of Jesus. My grandma would always say, la sangre de Cristo, plead the la sangre de Cristo, right? Right? Yes. (laughs) So I screamed and my brothers were upstairs where they were in the room and I ran up the stairs and I could see as I was going up the stairs, the darkness was further and being beginning to come closer to me as I was beginning to slip away. Um, I got to a place at the top of the stairs where in my spirit, I could see that I was hanging on to uh, a gate. And the Bible talks about the gates of your heart. I was, I was on the verge of dying that night. Mm. The devil was going to take me to hell. So when I got into the room where my brothers were, which is like, a, it was, like, was a three-story apartment. It had one at the bottom. The middle and then they had a little upper step into a, a third bedroom mm-hmm. and i called it the upper room <laughs> that's where my transformation came <laughs> it was the upper room oh it literally happened in the upper room yeah. and uh, i busted to the door and i fell to my knees and i told my brothers i says if you were if you believe the way that we were taught mm. you would pray with me right now because i'm going to hell i said satan is standing next to me and he's taking me to hell, but I'm uh-huh. going to hell tonight. 
and it, there was a deity there. It was a spirit that was standing over me. And uh, my oldest brother, he hadn't prayed in, I don't know, I can't even tell you how long he, he had been out of church. He was out of church before I was, and that was about seven years that I'd been out. He leaps off the bed, Brother Mario, and he grabs me, and he begins to call on God. Hmm. Uh, it was, um, I think about it now, it kind of steered my eye, but hmm. I, I wish he would have continued, you know, the lifestyle. Hmm. But my other brother, they said he just got out of prison, you know, he was more broken and uh it was harder for him to believe. And I looked at him. His name is Roosevelt, but we called him Buster. And looked at him and I said, Buster, please, man, please pray with me because I am going to die. Mm-hmm. Well, that night, the three of us prayed on our knees right there at that very moment, calling, calling on God, excuse me. And that was a transformation for me. That was the beginning of the end of who I was wow. into, into the intro into who I, who I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you it was easy. Yeah. Um, that night I had, a, there was a young minister came over and prayed for me and everything. He didn't really tell me much, but he prayed for me. I appreciated him coming. Um, I wish he would have told me that I needed to repent. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he, I wish he would have told me that I needed to repent and you know, uh, but he never did. Mm-hmm. And so, for the next thirty days, uh, I think every demon in two in Tempe mm-hmm. came to visit me, and from the from from midnight until six in the morning, I was physically and and mentally and verbally assaulted by demons. Uh, they would pull me off the bed, or I, I slept on the couch. They would pull me off the couch, would pull my covers, would growl in my face. It would scratch the walls. They would move the couch. I've seen it all, bro. Yeah. I don't know how I don't know how I kept my sanity, but I would walk out into the night, and I would stand in the middle of a parking lot in the darkness, and I would look up to God, and I would say, God, if you are able, mm. I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't. I I barely know your name. But if you are able to do anything with my life, I give it to you, God. It's crazy because after my dad had backslid, he married that lady, and uh, he came back to the Lord. He started going back to church. But the thing is, he didn't come back to to the assembly. He was mm-hmm. kind of anti-assembly. He actually didn't have anything to do with the assembly. He he was uh, really against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he went into another, you know, denomination. But I didn't care. I just wanted to be near my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I wanted to establish a relationship. But I didn't realize that my relationship wasn't with my dad that God wanted me to have. It was with him. Mm-hmm. But I was trying to break, fix something that was broke. And so I called him. I said, hey, Pops, you know, hey, I want to come to your church. And he goes, where are you? And I go, I'm, I'm, you know, we're here and here. And he goes, okay, I'll be there in 10 minutes. He shows up, takes me to his park right down the street from where I lived. And then he goes, I want you to understand something. I'm no longer apostolic. I don't think apostolic. 
and I am not who I was. Rule number one, <laughs> trust your, your heart, your instincts, but always follow the crowd. Don't do what you think is okay. You do what's right. And uh, I made a decision. So, you know, I don't care about all that. I just mm -hmm. want to know you. I need it. I want to fix my relationship. So I did. I went with him. He's, he's passing in Chandler. At the time when he started passing, he didn't have a building. And he was meeting in a park. And if you know Chandler, there's a little park, like, almost downtown. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, we're in the park, and he's preaching this message, and he talked about how the Lord was going from one city to another city, and he hungered. And when he hungered, you know, there was a fig tree in the, in the path. And the Bible says the Lord rebuked the fig tree. You know, I, I understand now what that means. Uh, but in the sense of the way that he used it, it was pretty powerful. Mm. And he says, you need to ask God to cleanse you from the roots because the tree had fallen over. Mm. It was dead from the roots. So <laughs> I'm just sitting there and I put my head down and I told the Lord, I says, God, cleanse me from the roots. Now, that was the very first time I heard the Lord speak to me. And the Holy Ghost says, raise your hands. I look up at my dad and go, I go, Dad, what did you say to me? Yeah. And my dad looked at me and goes, Boy, I'm preaching. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I looked at him and I go, I put my head back down and I said again, I says, Father, cleanse me from the roots. And the Holy Ghost again says, Lift up your hands. Wow. As clear as I'm talking to you, I yeah. can hear God's voice. Lift up your hands. I looked up at my dad. I go, what did you say to me, dad? I just heard you. Then he says, boy, I'm preaching. <laughs> and I go, okay, dad. So I put my head down again. And I says, Lord, cleanse me from the roots. And I looked up at my dad. And I was about to ask him again. And he says, do what he says. <laughs> <laughs> So I raised my hands and then the Holy Ghost fell on me. And from the age of 13 until I was 22 years old, I hadn't spoken tongues. Wow. And God refilled me with the Holy Ghost in the park. Nobody laid hands on me. Nobody was praying over me, spitting in my ear, yeah. <laughs> yelling at me. I just raised my hands and the Holy Ghost fell on me. What power, bro. It was the most beautiful experience to this day. Just the Holy Ghost just came on me i spoke in tongues all day the next day whenever i could just speaking in tongues and then just having a passion for the word and passion for his presence and just increased in knowledge yeah. and i wanted to just to serve the lord i was on fire for god i was in love with jesus you know just a, a passion for just a passion for god we just needed to be near him and um but I felt out of place in my dad's church. Yeah. And I remember, I remember at home one day, I opened my Bible. And the Bible says, you shall know the false prophets by the fruits. Mm. And I thought to myself, what in the world does that mean? What is a false prophet? What is a prophet? Yeah. <laughs> what is a false prophet? What, how, how can you explain <laughs> that to me? I, I'm simple. I'm so <laughs> So 
I just kind of shoved it away and I got to the church. I, I would set up the PA system and set up the chairs and make sure everything was ready. We finally moved from the park into a front living room of, of a person's abandoned home mm. that she lent out to us. And, you know, it fit like maybe 25, 30 people, Mexican style, you know, <laughs> just get them all in. Sure. <laughs> you know, there's definitely a living room ministry. And uh, I got there early and I sat up and I prayed and I sat down in my chair. And, okay, Lord, I said, speak to me. Wherever you want me to read, I'll, I'll read it. I opened the Bible up and I pointed my finger and the first scripture that came to me says, you shall know the false prophet by his fruits. And the Holy Ghost speaks to me and says, look around you. Can I tell you how devastating that was? Mm. Because I'm not calling my dad a false prophet. I'm, I, but I looked around, what I was seeing was not what I was raised. Mm. And it was pretty... Uh, it was real. It was very real. I remember thinking to myself, I don't belong here. This is not where I should be. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not growing. I'm not, this is not where I should be. I get home that night and I talk to my mom and my mom says, hey, guess what? We're having a revival at my church. I was like, this is when Pastor Navarrete just started the church at mm -hmm. 202 East University. It started a couple months right around the time that God set me free. And uh, I remember um, thinking, okay, well, I'll go. Well, <laughs> it just so happened to be that Brother Watts was the preacher. I don't know if you remember Brother Watts. They called him Thousand Watts. He was just an on-fire <laughs> little white man. <laughs> he, was, he was a handful, but he was a mighty man of God. Mm. And uh, I went to that service, and people were going crazy. They're running around the, the church, and he had them taking their shoes off. And <laughs> it was just, I was like, I like this atmosphere. <laughs> uh, um, I kind of jumped ahead, but I was invited to, to a, a district youth service with my grandmother. And it was a district youth service, but Sergio VM Webb was, was uh, leading praise and worship. And uh, it was it was on Seventh Street in Van Buren, this little school right there, right downtown Phoenix. And uh, the power of God fell. All I had was a a black pair of jeans, some gray cowboy boots, uh, a Bobby Brown jacket. But I don't know if you ever heard of the Bobby Brown jacket. It was green on one side and black on the other side, and black where it was green and green where it was black on the hat. <laughs> That's what, and it had big shoulder pads, and I had a bolo tie, bro. That was a that was my Sunday's best. <laughs> I was about as country black as you can get. <laughs> but that was my best, man. And, but I remember he made an altar call and said, "Anybody want to be used of God?" And I ran to the altar, threw myself on the ground, raised my hands, and says, "God, if you can use me." Take this, take this old vessel and do what you can with it. Mm. And then that following week is when my mother invited me to that service. And I, I knew Pastor Navarrete, Bishop Navarrete at that time, because he kind of came in when we were leaving. And uh, I knew his wife and his family. <clears throat> so we were all really close. We were always at their house. And 
you know, I kind of grew up with him and we were close. And he told me there would be a full church because I would like to talk to you afterwards. We're having a little get together, my mother-in-laws and sit down and talk. Well, as carnal and spiritual and, and everything as spiritual as was, I had already made a commitment to go because there was a pretty girl. <laughs> I was single, man. man you were so Jesus. <laughs> I didn't tell him that. Yeah. I told him later, but yeah, I go, yeah, you know, he sat down and I told him, I said, yeah, I need you to be 100% honest with me. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do or where I'm going. But I need you to help me get there. Mm. And he asked me, he says, all I want from you is to be honest. I says, well, all I need from you is to teach me. And that's it. We we can go from there. And uh, it's been 24 years. Now I've been a part of the ministry for 24 years. Um, God's been good. And so that was the beginning, man. Mm. That was where it all started. Um, It's been been pretty awesome from there yeah i i, I told you a big old long drawn out story i don't, I don't no. know if you have any questions i don't know what i mean no no bro that's that's fine i mean that, that's that's just awesome to hear how you know god god does things and i think one of the important things that you mentioned and and for people to realize brother because uh one of the things you know we can find ourselves in is that th- there are going to be people that find themselves in situations where they're in they're they're serving god with all their hearts and then something some crossroad in their life takes them to a different place where maybe they don't want to go and i find it interesting that instead of saying that they want to stop serving god they say they want to stop going to church because they don't want to make it personal yeah. about yeah about god but the one thing i really liked that you said brother it, it, i mean just what the whole thing was that um you know it took you to the place of repentance you know sometimes when people want to rededicate their life to god they feel like they want to pick up right where they left off. And God, God says, I love you. I'm merciful, but we're not there yet. <laughs> you know, we're not, we're not no, there. Sir, yet. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what you were sharing, you know, was exactly what I thought of when you said, you know, I wish that brother said, you know, you need to repent because even though you were, it was just, you know, it was taking those steps again to get where to get you where God wanted you to be at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really what it was, you know, just start over. My dad asked me, he goes, what scripture do you know? Hmm. I go, Jesus wept. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And, and you know, when he, when he said that to me, it, it, it kind of like, it punched me in the gut. Mm. It's like, I don't know nothing. I can't do it. It's pastor that I was under. I, Sister Terry, uh, she's still there at Brother Correa's church. Mm. She was the greatest Sunday school teacher, and we gave her such a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm really thankful for what she did. You know, she yeah. taught me. You know, it's crazy thing about it is that uh, when I was a kid, uh, me and Danny Gomez, I don't know if you know who that is. He mm. goes to our church. They And Nestor Salgado and, and a bunch of other guys that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. They challenge us to learn the books of the Bible. Mm. And I learned the books of the Bible through just that push that Sister Terry pushed me. Uh, and um, I'm very grateful because once I started studying the Bible like I do, I'm a student of the Word, mm. um, it came back to me. Mm. 
you know, the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First Samuel, Second Samuel. It came back to me like a song because I learned it like a song. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I did remember something. I just needed to wake it up. Mm. And that's that's what I want to tell people. Uh, you may fall, mm. you may stumble, you may slip, you may backslide, but repent and wake it up. Mm. Wake it up. Wake up your praise. Wake up your shout. Wake up your gifts. Wake up your passion. Wake up your love. Wake it up. It's like the fire with without without fuel. You know, you got to mm. fan the fire to get the fire get back strong, but you got to feed it something to keep, keep it going. Yeah. And so... Uh, you know, like this, come this youth, youth service, you know, about passion. Mm. Uh, it, it's so, so true that we can lose passion and trial and tribulation and frustration and temptation and perversion and hatred mm. and bitterness and all those things rob us from that. But yeah. uh, when you love God, when you're in love with the Father, mm. you come to Him as a child and He says, I, I can take what you got there you go. and make something yeah. great. And, and 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 all I had was pieces. Yeah. All I was, all I was, was crumbs, bro. Mm -hmm. But um, to be where I am today was really the will of God and yeah. the plan of God and the grace of God. Mm -hmm. Truly grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember um, <clears throat> having a, an encounter one time in a prayer session there in Blight. And and you mentioned so many things, brother. Bring back to my mind as I was growing up because I had. A strong mentors in my life when I was growing up, and uh, they were the De La O brothers in Blythe, uh, Gabriel and Jesse. And I don't know if you remember them or Jesse. not. Yeah, yeah, De La. O. And um, yeah. and and yeah, they 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 expected so much of the youth group, but not only the youth group, but of myself. And I guess he's seen what I could be before I even saw it. But that was frustrating to me because I wasn't there yet. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm 13, 14 years old. I see all these other 13, 14 year olds at camp burning around. I was like, that's what I want to do. And it's not that they didn't want me to enjoy my my youth, but they wanted to understand the benefit of what it was that I was getting into, you know, serving God, and 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 yeah. the yeah, the benefits of being a child of God, and and that really weighed heavy on me because sometimes it it was awesome the things I got to experience. But again, sometimes it just weighed heavy. Like I'm just a kid, you know. I, I, <laughs> you know, I, I want to be. Kid, yeah, man. yeah. But, but you know, the, uh, you know, they were a great influence in my life. You, you know, how you, you were kind of sharing about, you know, Sunday school teachers and things like that. But yeah. <clears throat> I remember also having going back a little bit this encounter in a prayer session, and I remember I didn't feel like being there, and and it, it's just interesting how God always just moves, anyways. You know, with because he, like you said, right. he knows us. He, he, he's a you know, God's awesome. He's big. He can handle it. You know, he knows yeah. I didn't want to be there. <laughs> and, uh, right, but I just, right. I just kind of gave myself into, you know what, Lord, you know, my heart where it's at, but let me just get into this because, you know, I just don't want to kneel here and count songs, you know, like first tape, you know, first song, second song, third song, you know, I, <laughs> and you know, by the sixth song, it's an hour kind of deal. Like, I don't want to sit here and count songs. Yeah. And so I remember I started praying and, um, I remember the Lord just speaking to my heart and, and because I always, I didn't have a relationship with my dad. And I remember that's always what I kind of blamed, not being close to people. You know, like, I don't know how to have relationships with people. But I remember God. No, that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. yeah. But I remember God speaking to me and saying, you know what? Give your life to me. Give everything you are to me. And I will be your father. 
He goes, there would, you'll never have a need yeah. that I cannot supply or meet. And brother, after he spoke those words into my heart, man, I would just cry. You know, the, the whole tears and the, and the whole, you know, it's not everywhere kind of situation going on. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your legs falling asleep, but yeah, you don't man. care. Yeah. And, yeah. Man. yeah. And, and it was just awesome. Awesome. And, and, you know, you know, it's kind of what you were saying about when God speaks to you and, and he can use anybody, no matter what your situation or your brokenness is, he can heal those things and he can just yeah. form something wonderful and something beautiful and something good. And yeah, brother, it, it's just, you know, it's just awesome. And I've never regretted that decision. I, I may have not been perfect all the time. I may have had some itch, you know, times. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I may have had some, yeah. But I, I remember having that moment too in my life later on um, where I just thought, you know what? Uh, you know, I don't want, I, I, like I said, people say, I don't want, they don't say, I don't want to serve God. They say, I don't want to go to church anymore. And I remember having that moment in my life, you know, being frustrated and just saying, you know what? I don't want to go to church anymore. And I remember God having that moment with me, just saying, you don't want to love me anymore. And I was like, no, I don't want to go to church. You don't want to serve me anymore? He goes, no, I just don't want to go to church. <laughs> so, you know, you yeah. can, yeah, you can, you can try to put it however you want, but ultimately, you know, God knows your heart. And, and it, it took me from going from the front of my house there in Blythe, California, to a little dumpster where I was throwing trash away. And on the way back in the middle of my lawn, I was just crying in the summertime. I was <laughs> just saying, God, you know, forgive me, Lord. I'm so sorry. You know, I'm not serving you the way I'm supposed to. but it's just amazing. It's just amazing of God's love and God's mercy. And I remember saying, you know what, Lord, I want to do this a hundred percent, but I was trying to get back to where I was at when I, when I, when I stopped serving yeah. God and brother, I'm going to tell you that those were the loneliest times because I try to surround myself with people and I still felt lonely. I try to worship and I yeah. still felt like God was saying, Hey, you know, you're trying to act like nothing happened. You know, I forgive you. But you you gotta let's you gotta come back to this place, <laughs> you know you gotta yeah, get back amen. to this place. Yeah. So, but it, it's just awesome, like you said, when God does call you and take you to a place, you know it, it's just awesome. Well, I want to share something with you yeah. concerning that that father thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Bible says that call no man on this earth father, for there is only one mm. who is in heaven who is your father. Yeah. I had a problem with that scripture. <laughs> I, I did. I did. I, it bothered me. Mm. It's like, how am I going to call you father when my tangible father mm. is not even a father? Mm. How am I going to trust you and call you father when I know you as God, mm. but I don't know what a father figure is? What does father mean? Can you explain to me what father is, what a father does? Because I don't know. And I went through a place where there were, I couldn't call God Father. Mm. It wasn't until, it wasn't until um, my bishop preached a message, call no man on this earth Father, but there's only one in heaven that is your Father. He said something very powerful, very, very deep but simple. Mm. And he quoted that scripture, when your father and your mother forsake you, then the Lord will take you up. And when he said that, the Lord says, remember the day that you were standing in the parking lot and you're looking up at the moon and you were talking, I was with you. Mm. And I've been with you ever since. 
I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am your father. Mm-hmm. And I it broke me. <laughs> I wept like a baby, mm-hmm. man. And I, and I told him, I said, Lord, I repent for not trusting you as father. Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of gods, and you can become a god. You can worship yourself as a god. Mm-hmm. You can worship your phone as a god, or mm-hmm. your, your job or your career. There are a lot of gods, lowercase g's, but yeah. <laughs> something that you worship. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So I needed to learn that he had to be the supreme God, mm. the all-knowing God, the only true wise God that knew me. And when that moment came, I was able to transition. I no longer call him God, but he's now Father. Mm. You know, and and it, it's very deep, you know, to think that that uh, he to understand the sovereignty of God. If he's not sovereign. And he's nothing over mm. your life. And so learning sovereignty it took me a while to grasp that understanding. What me, he rules everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, like uh, you know, not having my dad around. I didn't know what to do to ask permission. I just did it. Mm. So when it came to the things of the Lord, I just did it. And God wasn't pleased. And everything else shall be added unto you. Mm-hmm. He was saying, come to me, all you that labor and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What he was saying to me in literal sense was, I'm your father. I'll take care of you. I'll watch over you. I'll give you what you need. I'll protect you. I will show you the light in the place of darkness. And I will be that light. And I will lead you in truth and righteousness. And that, my brother, that, my brother, is what changed me. Mm. Is giving God the rightful place. I come to the Lord as a child, a broken little boy. Mm. I leave a strengthened man, mm. and that's powerful. Yes, yes. But God, God's been good. Amen, amen, brother. Amen. Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. I, I, I remember, I, re, I remember you when you were young, and I, I, I always talk to you. It's, it's amazing to see how God's elevated you into your ministry. Very, very proud of seeing the man of God that you are. It's really powerful. I, I do have one more thing to share with you. I have to share this thing because you know a little bit about me. Mm. Um, I am a worshiper. I'm a mm. true worshiper, and I give God all the praise and glory for that. I don't mean that with all um, facetiousness or mm. pride or arrogance. My life is a worship. I do who I am, and I am who I do, and that's a, that's a lifestyle for me. I do it every day as I live. But being an, a worshiper is a target. And uh, I remember in 1997 when I, when I uh, got ordained into the ministry, the assembly, uh, and one day was Friday. The next day, the young people voted me district president the same weekend. Yeah. And uh, that just kind of blew me away. It's like, I'm not ready for this. I don't want all this. It wasn't, you know, I was just a sector president at the time on the sector four in Mesa. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember there was a conference that we had a preacher's conference every year at that church on 40th Street and Baseline. And just to to show you how how God makes a way. Mm -hmm. This is is a very powerful testimony for those that are listening. Um, It was after the conference. It was the first conference that I had been a part of, literally just, you know, being involved in that at that level and uh service is over it was saturday night everything was done 
all the hard work, the prayer, the plans, and everything was taken care of, and everything was just shutting down. And uh, the Holy Ghost took me to the platform and just told me, I want you to stand here, and I want you to look and see. And I'm standing there, you know, just looking around, looking around. And a young lady walked up to me, and she says, Brother Myers, I need to talk to you. And I said, sure. Anybody says, I need to talk to you mm-hmm. since that incident with my dad, I'm like, I'm expecting the worst, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, so I'm standing there. I'm standing there. And uh, she goes, I just got to tell you something. I go, okay, what? And she goes, sure. Enjoy yourselves. Yeah. She goes, I just wanted to tell you that I hated your guts. Wow. And I go, um, okay uh, uh what did i do <laughs> i'm sorry why did you hate my guts you still hate my guts she goes just listen she goes i go what did i do she goes i hated you because you were a worshiper every time there was a district service you were standing in front in the front row and you were loud and saying amen and you were the only one standing man to the word of god you were the only one running around the church. You didn't care what anybody thought. You didn't care about what anybody thought. You just danced and shouted and sang and whatever. You just, you looked foolish. Mm. And then she paused. And she says, but look where you are now. Mm. I want to tell every young person or everyone that's listening, true worship disregards what anybody else thinks. Hmm. You have to be foolish for God <laughs> for elevation. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter what men think. Hmm. It doesn't matter what they say. Is no one lived the life that you lived. Hmm. No one's been through the hell that you've been through or fought the devils that you fought or been through the stuff that you've you've been through and no one can tell your story like you can tell it. And I say that to everyone that has been through something in your life that you feel that, that, that all you got left is a shout. All you got left is a praise. All you got left is, is a run because everything else has fallen apart in your life. Mm. Well, you praise with the best that you got because God's watching and God will bring you before great men, and the gift will go will bring you before great men, and God will use you, and you will be blessed of God, not to be seen of men, mm. but to be used and exalted for God's glory. That's it. Who I am is because of God decided it was, it was, it was my life. Yeah. It was what it was supposed to be, and I I recognize that. I am nothing without Jesus. I'm nothing without the Lord. He's everything. I'm a lost cause. Mm. I'm not no my by any ways ways perfect. I'm tempted like anybody else. Mm. Yeah. I get frustrated in the name. To anyone that's going through something right now, you're being persecuted for being a worshiper. Get louder, <laughs> shout louder, praise harder, do whatever you got to do, but don't sit back. Mm. Don't let anyone take your joy. God has not given us the spirit of fear. But of power, love, yeah. and a sound mind. Amen. I hope you receive that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, brother. Wow. Well, that's, that's, I got my little mini preaching out of you, brother. Thank you. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. No, that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, brother. No, don't apologize. 
but before we let you go, brother, um, just uh, tell me a little bit what's going on there locally in your church and, and if people are around that area there in Mesa, Arizona, where, where, where can they find you guys at? Yes, amen. The church name of the church is Redeemer Apostolic Church. Our bishop is Bishop Santos Navarrete, Jr. Uh, we have a service every Sunday. We have an English service at 1130 and at 2 o'clock Spanish. We have a combined service Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. Um, and uh, we're doing good. The church is growing. Uh, we're seeing uh, new people every week. Literally every week, there's more people coming. They're watching us online. We have a live broadcast every service. Um, we are right now in the stages of rebuilding and remodeling the church. Oh. Uh, and um, there are some pictures that I, I put on Instagram and Snapchat. You want to look those up? You can look me up. Um, and just uh, there's growth, man. There's just growth. There's, God is just moving. There's so much happening right now. The the, um, the miracle that, you know, we merged with Bishop Hudson, Tommy Hudson, uh, I believe it was six years ago. Uh, and just an increase of God's glory. We're seeing miracles. People are being healed all over the country. Wow. And, you know, um, they're watching online and being touched. And people are being filled with the Holy Ghost. Young people are committing their lives to God. Um, the church is on fire. Um, it's just a, a, an atmosphere of rejoicing and and breakthrough that are, you know, it's the year of victory for us. And um, and that's really what it is. God's doing a great thing, doing a great thing. Oh, that's awesome, brother. And definitely, I'll share the links um, on the on the YouTube page, and because I, I posted it on YouTube, and I'll, I'll share the links to the website, your guys' yeah. website there, and to the that way they can catch the the broadcast uh, that you guys do. And and brother, I I enjoyed you just sharing what you shared with me, and uh, I know that uh, people are going to be blessed when they hear it. And and I really want to appreciate your time uh, for coming on, and, and just your openness and your candidness, brother. And and please, please send our regards to Bishop Navarrete and, and, and Sister Navarrete there at Redeemer Apostolic Church. And we'll be praying for, praying for you, brother. And, and we're going to see you soon uh, this Friday. We'll see you at our local youth service and, and just waiting for God, you know, to see what God's going to do for sure. Amen. Amen. I appreciate you having me on. I pray that this be a blessing to all that are here and that, that they be encouraged and if a, if a little street little boy like me didn't, didn't have nothing can rise up to a place where mm. God can use him. A uh, simple man. I'm not a, I'm just a simple man, but God is able. You be of courage. God is able. Amen. Amen. Uh, before <laughs> you just remind me, brother, you were preaching one time when you were serving as a district president. And I remember you saying, if God can use a donkey, and then that's all you say. You just left yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, but <laughs> I said a lot of things. Lot... <laughs> yeah, this was in Glendale, Glendale Apostolic Church there, and it was a district service, and I was like, oh my goodness, like uh, that, that was your that was your opening. That was it. Like you, that was your opening. Hi, <laughs> oh, really. Pastor Myers, thank you so so much, bro. Thank you. Take care, bro, and 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 God bless. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Have a good night. God bless you.